Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. This is uh, the remote roundup from AME BC and the wrap for today and the second day. That's Tuesday. And happy to be welcomed back by our AME roundup reporter, Miss Kylie Williams. Hi, Kylie. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm really well. Thank you. That's good. Good to see you're still standing. I mean, we were talking, uh, you had something funny to say about how somebody mentioned to you. Uh, that person's eyes are as sore as their feet usually would be if we were in person. Uh, That's right. Funny. But today was a really interesting day. There was a lot going on. You know, uh, there's a little bit of something for everybody. But I mean, you and I were chatting. You had a couple key takeaways from your day. I had a couple key takeaways from my day. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to start out. It, it really like the overall theme today was on this environmental social governance type of move. Uh, it's, it's hitting every industry, not just mining and mineral exploration. Um, you know, but you know, this morning that was really kind of the the central focus of Roundup today. What you know, give us kind of where you were at, what you picked up from that. Yeah, uh, I noticed the same thing. There was really strong environmental focus. Um, and everyone seemed to kind of put a lens on the different commodities, like um, treating them as climate critical commodities. So I just made that term up myself. It's not an official term, but um, all the commodities that will have a potential impact on, you know, our transition to a, a greener economy. So yeah, everyone seemed to put that spin on it, even though, you know, it was the usual commodities and the usual, um, you know, trends and predictions. Um, but all of them had this real uh, climate environmental focus. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was obviously 2020 was a very challenging year, uh, specifically, be, you know, because of COVID and uh, the pandemic. And there was some time spent about how companies uh, were continued to be productive through the pandemic and some of the protocols they put in place. Uh, one, uh, one presentation that I sat in and listened to was really the highlight of Skeena Resources. Now they were one of obviously many, many companies that had a diligent COVID protocol. Um, but uh, just to see what they did for their prevention strategy was just absolutely fascinating. So you know these companies are just went far and beyond to kind of tackle this thing and just continue to do the diligent work that they needed to do. Yeah, it was really just taking the the health and safety uh, benchmark that we have in in mining and exploration and just ratcheting it up to like 110% because, you know, the, the stakes were much higher. And uh, I really enjoyed um, the, the no-nonsense uh, overview by uh, Norma Adzic, um, who calls herself the COVID cop. Um, <laughs> she was brought in um, at Skina to... Um, put in the, the changes in the systems in place that they needed to keep themselves safe and to reduce COVID risk. And in the end, they were really successful. They put in 500,000 person hours infection-free, um, which is pretty amazing given that they had hundreds of people, like I think she said 250 people coming in on a day and 250 going out. Um, and I asked afterwards what the additional cost was and they estimate that it was about $50 per drill meter extra to put all those bits and pieces in place. So it's, that's a, a lot, but it's also an incredible return on investment to be safe and to, to get a summer season in that we could have lost. Yeah. I mean, you and I chatted about it last night, 
just at how many meters were drilled in BC alone on the back of COVID. And now we started to see how much due diligence was going in to make sure all those meters could be drilled. Just absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's, it's, it's kudos to everybody operating, not only in BC, but throughout the world to make sure that their operators and staff are safe out in the field. Uh, in that, in that same um, discussion, it, we were talking about the leading through changes. Uh, there was also conversation there about sourcing local metals. Uh, kind of gets on that disruption of the supply chain here. Uh, Kylie, feed us in from uh, what you took away. Yeah, um, Steve Piercy, who's a professor at Memorial University, um, he combined uh, three of, of all of our favorite things, craft beer, local food, and sourcing local metals. Um, he said that we, so the geoscientists and all the people in our industry, need to start selling the importance of local metals and mining where we can re regulate those materials. Um, so, you know, the general theme throughout the day was that people are going to start demanding more ethically sourced metals. Um, and we're one of the countries that can do that the best. We've got the, um, the framework in place. We've got the will to do it. And uh, it's yeah, super important. And we get to compare ourselves to craft beer and the 100-mile diet. <laughs> uh, you know, the last couple of years I've been attending Roundup, uh, this theme was, I think like two or three years ago, the takeaway was oh, everybody's cautiously optimistic. And then I think last year, maybe the year before, we dropped the word cautious and then everybody was optimistic. <laughs> this year, we've gone to full-fledged bullishness and not just precious metals, but basically almost every metal as we talk about uh, the reflation trade, the need for new infrastructure, uh, battery metals, the green uh, revolution of energy. Uh, so there's a couple big takeaways from that section. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, precious metals, but really focus a lot on the battery metals. Uh, nickel, the, the metal of nickel was a big highlight driven throughout the day. Yeah, there was a few different pieces um, about nickel that I, I kind of wanted to bring together is um, Mike gave a great talk this morning about, I think he called it the rise of nickel sulfides. So, you know, Canada's role in meeting the need for that high class nickel, because there are different classes of nickel, um, and it's that high class that's needed for batteries. And obviously battery demand is growing. Um, but then at the other end of that, um, there are a couple of posters by two UBC students who were looking at um, carbon neutral nickel mining. So some projects here in BC where, um, you know, right at the beginning, right at the exploration stage, they're looking at how the tailings from these operations can actually sequester carbon and you can have carbon neutral um, nickel mines. So, and that's all happening here in BC. Obviously, Canada is going to play a big role in supplying nickel, um, but it looks like we could play a really big role in um, doing it in a carbon neutral way. Yeah, that's a that's incredible. You know, it only takes an idea. It's really fascinating what these students can do uh, yeah. with their time, isn't it? It's just absolutely fascinating. Uh, one of the things I do want to talk to you about, and this was something that you and I chatted about before we started recording, was a presentation from uh, George uh, Simondal. I'm sorry if I uh, mispronounced his name, from the British Columbia Geological Society. And he talked about climate critical materials. I'm telling you, Kylie, like he was talking about this, he had incredible simplified graphics to make sense of this all thing. I had that on one screen and on the other screen, I was like doing some research on graphite companies because <laughs> that one caught me, uh, uh, was a new thing for me. Uh, but that was really fascinating conversation as well. Yeah, um, he 
he took a, a lot of careful time and I think it's really important and when we don't pay as much attention to it as we should but you know there are these critical minerals specialty minerals battery minerals magnet minerals um, photovoltaic materials um, and they all kind of fit together in a, a complex way that is super important but it's something that all of us don't understand we just lump them in together as you know the other <laughs> the other materials that we really need so he took some time to explain that which was really great but he also uh, commented on how you know if you're a, a company exploring for these materials for the, the lithium the cobalt the rare earths um, you're in for a pretty wild ride because it's going to be you know it's not just about the demand and the minerals it's also you know economic factors national security factors, promotion of green, you know, green promotional waves. So, you know, what we're seeing in the media about green energy and green materials. So it's definitely not one for the faint of heart, but it's, uh, it's, it's important slash critical, <laughs> if I can say critical. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say pretty cool. Kylie, after today, how bullish are you? Oh, super bullish through the roof. <laughs> But I always am. So are you call you calling your broker tonight and putting some absolutely put, putting some in. capital to work. All right, very good. Uh, Kylie, uh, thanks again for your time. Is there anything else that were some takeaways you want to make sure the listeners know about from today? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm looking forward to revisiting the um, prospector tent tomorrow. I had a quick look through there today, and it looks nothing like a tent. It's very high tech. Um, but I'm looking forward to going back and having a chat with uh, some of the people in there tomorrow. All right, Kylie. Well, I look forward to tomorrow. Have yourself a great evening and uh, a good day tomorrow. We'll catch you again on tomorrow on Wednesday. Thanks. Talk to you tomorrow. We're back here on our second day, our wrap-up for the AME BC Remote Roundup. We're happy to feature a specific company today from Discovery Group, and that's Genesis Metals. Genesis Metals trades on the TSX Venture with GIS and also on the OTC markets here in the United States with GGISF. Uh, joining me today is the CEO, President, and Director, Mr. David Terry. Uh, David, pleasure. Happy to have you here on Mining Stock Daily. Oh, great to be here, Trevor. Yeah, we uh, we've never had you on the show, so this is really just as much of an introduction conversation for me as it is to a lot of our listeners. I'm sure many of them have been following uh, Genesis Metals, uh, but let's hear from you. Give us the kind of thirty thousand foot view of what Genesis Metals is, and kind of walk us through uh, your flagship Chevron project. Uh, absolutely. Uh- as you mentioned, Genesis is a member of the Discovery Group uh, based here in Vancouver, uh, which is uh, an alliance of, uh, I guess there's uh, about nine public uh, companies uh, involved in that right now, including such names as Great Bear Resources and Bluestone Resources, uh, focused on exploration and, uh, and uh, mineral development, uh, uh, a, lot, a lot in North America, but really around the world. Um, Genesis is a uh, company that is focused in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt in uh, Eastern Canada. Uh, as many of the listeners might know, the Abitibi uh, Greenstone Belt uh, traverses the boundary between the provinces of Ontario and Quebec. It's about 750 kilometers long and is, is, is one of the, 
uh, best jurisdictions for gold and and base metal exploration and mining in the world. It's produced over 170 million ounces of gold uh, over the past century. And uh, many of the well-known mining camps like Timmins, Kirkland Lake, Valdor are located there. And so Genesis has two projects in the Abitibi Greenstone Belt. Uh, the October Gold property, which is more of an early stage property, but uh, located in the Swayze Belt in the Ontario side. And our focus project is called Chevrier, and it's uh, it's in the Shibugamu portion of the Abitibi uh, up in the northeast part of the belt in Quebec. Uh, I apologize before my uh, French pronunciation is absolutely horrible. <laughs> no, no, no problem at all. <laughs> North American dialect. Uh, oh, you know, can you talk about uh, bringing on this project into your portfolio, where it came from? And uh, you did you, you did both phase one and started phase two drilling in 2020. So walk us through, you know, kind of the early exploration, the acquisition of the land, and then uh, what you found through drilling. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a very large property uh, right now. It, it occupies about 300 uh, square kilometers of, uh, of mineral rights. Uh, it was assembled in several different stages. Initially, it was uh, acquired through the acquisition of, uh, of the company that owned it back in 2016. Uh, and then it's been added to with several subsequent uh, uh, transactions. So it's, it's a large property. It covers a more than 15 kilometer stent, extent of the main gold related structure uh, that cuts through that area. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's perspective just based on that. Uh, it's had some work by uh, previous operators, uh, uh, and then uh, Genesis carried out a 10,000 meter drill program in 2017, uh, put out a uh, current mineral resource estimate uh, in 2019, which includes a uh, indicated uh, resource uh, of just under 400,000 ounces of gold at uh, 1.45 grams per ton gold. And, uh, and an inferred resource of just under 300,000 ounces of 1.33 grams per ton gold. Uh, and that was followed up by uh, quite a bit of surface work in 2019. And then, as you mentioned, our two phases of drilling in 2020. Phase one was done in the wintertime. Uh, we actually had to interrupt it uh, for the uh, COVID uh, uh, crisis uh, for, for a couple months, but we were able to resume it and uh, finish it off in the spring. And, uh, and then we went back with a phase two drilling program in the fall, we've put out initial drill results from that um, in a news release at the end of November, and we're anticipating the, the balance of those results to be released uh, over the next uh, several weeks. So, so what, was it you and your team that did the original resource estimate in 2017? Uh, I myself uh, was not involved with the company at that time, but uh, it, it was the Genesis uh, team that uh, that. Uh, issued that uh, that news or that resource estimate in, in 2019 so that was done by Genesis okay. and uh, and uh, I joined the company uh, late in 2019 and uh, really have been focused on uh, moving the property forward so we've done a lot of remodeling work and this drilling that we've done in 2020 was really focused on high grade uh, within known areas that, that had not been uh, drilled uh, sufficiently, as well as as looking outside of that to uh, to identify new uh, potential zones on the property, and we're looking forward to testing one of those with a drill program this winter. Uh, how did that phase one uh, drill program? I mean, I don't want to go into all the results. I know there was you did yeah. have success, obviously, but how did it shape this phase two drilling program? I mean, did you have did you have to change your strategy a little bit based on the data you found? 
what it really did was it, uh, it, it uh, underlined the fact that the strategy we developed for the phase one program worked. And, uh, and so we basically applied it to a larger area. And, uh, and so we were successful. Six of the nine holes we drilled in the, in the first phase uh, intersected high-grade gold, ranging from near surface, 60, 70 meters below surface, down to uh, over 200 meters below surface. And so we basically applied that to a larger area within the deposit. And, uh, and so, uh, so far, we've, uh, we've had uh, you know, good results from the initial results we put out from phase two, and we're, we're uh, expecting uh, you know, more to come. Uh, an updated resource estimate uh, sometime this year. Is that what you expect or would you move? Uh, we're we're going to, you know, before we de- sort of decide on, uh, on, on that, do we, we want to get all the results back and, and interpret it and see what else we might need to do. And uh, we'll make that decision. But obviously that's our, our goal over, over the longer term or medium term is to, uh, to, uh, to build on the resource and, and bring in other zones on the property. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned working in the Abitibi and just how large scale it is. I mean, you could make an argument that it is Canada's premier gold jurisdiction spanning over two, uh, two provinces, obviously. Uh, it seems like almost every company has some sort of project in the Abitibi. Uh, you know, but as we kind of enter into this bullish gold market, you know, talk about the strength of operating and exploring and discovering in the Apatibi and how much more is left to be explored? Well, that's a, that's a great uh, question. Um, you know, obviously uh, th- there's more gold being found and, and, and base metals, but more, more gold uh, being found all the time in the Abitibi. Uh, just on our property, for example, uh, you know, a large portion of it is covered by a thin veneer of glacial till. So there's not a lot of outcrop uh, on, on our property. So all these sort of new developments and exploration technology, uh, like the, the more sophisticated type of till sampling that we've been employing, these are all things that really help to explore under covered areas. And so, you know, there's more, more things being found uh, constantly through application of new technologies and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and, and the, the benefits of, of working in a place like the Abitibi, uh, where we are, where we've got road networks, we can we don't have to establish camps. We, you know, many of the drillers that work on our property live live nearby, and so you know all of that uh, results in in you know much easier and and uh, more cost effective exploration uh, work being carried out. So uh, it, it's it's really a good place to to work, and uh, certainly on on the Quebec side where we've. Uh, you know, been permitting our drill programs and, and work programs, uh, you know, very good jurisdiction from, from that standpoint. Uh, we talked about, just talked with Kylie about the conversation of localizing the metals. I mean, yeah. obviously uh, throughout the Abitibi, there's a localized economy just that has been built on the back of mining and mineral exploration. It's absolutely Yeah, no, the, 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 the communities uh, in, in, in these areas where we're working, uh, you know, are very supportive and understanding of the resource uh, exploration and development so uh, as the ceo of an exploration company in the abitibi do you feel like because of your location you get a little bit of a, a premium uh because of <laughs> where you're at and what you're looking for well i'd like to see more of a premium but uh <laughs> no certainly people understand that it's a, a good jurisdiction so you don't spend any time talking about you know problems or uh or uh that it's it's understood to be a, a good place to work in and uh 
and certainly from our perspective, uh, you know, that's that's a real plus when we talk to people and you go out to finance and that sort of thing. I did want to ask you about your share structure, actually, because of yep. something that jumped out at me is your retail float is up to 50 percent of the total outstanding shares. Pretty fascinating. I mean, that's 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 pretty large. It's not the largest I've ever seen, but yeah. it's 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 pretty big. But you also have some very, uh, you know, Eric Sprott's in there as a key uh, 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 shareholder. A number of other people. Anybody can go onto the corporate presentation, take a look at that graphs put up. Uh, but I'm just curious, you know, like uh, with that 50% retail share, is there a reason why you want to you keep that high, and, and what's the uh, the benefit of doing so? Well, I, I actually think that, uh, you know, having that uh, high of an institutional hold, shareholding in a company our size, I mean, our market cap right now is only, you know, it's, it's sort of in the 13 to $15 million range. And so, you know, having that sort of institutional backing is, is pretty good, I think, for a company our size. Uh, but, you know, we do, uh, we have a lot of liquidity. We've got about 52 million shares outstanding right now. Um, management and, uh, and, you know, insiders and uh, close associates own about 15 or 16 percent of the the shares, and and then as you, as you mentioned, there's about 35 percent uh, retail share or institutional shareholders, and then the rest are retail. So you know we 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 we, we create good volume, and uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good share structure actually. And, well, being part of Discovery Group, uh, you yeah. can usually find capital when you need it, which is yeah. pretty outstanding. No, and that's one thing I want to mention is that uh, we do have a, a you know great team behind this company, both in the management, board of directors, uh, advisory group, uh, as well as the technical uh, team that we have out in the field. Uh, David, for people who may be interested in learning more, reaching out to you with any follow-up questions, or maybe your investor relations team, how might they do that? Uh, well, they can uh, go to our website, which is uh, www.genesismetalscorp.com, and uh, all our contact details are, are located there. All right. Uh, David, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Trevor, it's been great talking to you. All right, that's Genesis Metals. They trade on the TSX Venture with GIS and also on the OTC with GGISF. Happy we could feature them in this Tuesday evening wrap-up from the Remote Roundup Association for Mineral Exploration, British Columbia. We'll be back again tomorrow morning with the news briefing. We have more interviews throughout the day to air and then also day three of the wrap-up. Take care, everybody. Have a wonderful night. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decision.